like it. All right. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm so, I'm so happy that Christmas has come. I'm not going to use the word excited. I almost did. But, but uh, I, Christmas is just an amazing time of year, and, and uh, it's one of my favorite times of year. And as much as I like it and as much as I bet a lot of you like it, no one touches how much Pastor Gabe likes it. So when she talks about the Christmas light tour, really it's just a reason for her to drive around several nights and look at all the Christmas lights and look at them with a very studying eye, curating that list for you guys. Um, but she, she loves it, and I love it, and it, it just it focuses, focuses us with everything that's going on in the world, focuses us in on Jesus Christ and, and the reason that we're here. You know, I know gifts are, especially like if you're under about 70, gifts are a big, I was trying to figure out where to put that line, I couldn't, it, gifts are a huge part of what the season is about. Now we know that it's all because of Jesus and it's all about Jesus, but it's pretty cool to get gifts, Right? I'm not going to lie. I'm always looking forward to, to getting gifts. And that's why we called this series The Good and Perfect Gifts, because I started thinking through um, what we should do for our Christmas series. And, and it's only going to be a few weeks, which is for us is very, very short series. Um, but what's that going to look like? And one thing that kept coming to my mind was the 12 days of Christmas and that song, on the first day of Christmas, you know, I'm not going to sing it for you. But you all know that one, right? You hear it all the time. And I started thinking about, like, what, is, what does that mean? Like, when I'm praying about, Lord, what does the Christmas series look like? I just got that, and I'm like, well, I'm not doing that for the whole Christmas. Unless you really want me to, Lord, I'm not doing that. Um, but I started looking at that just a little bit, and there's some debate but in general, it is understood that that song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, is, has a very serious Christian message in it. It talks about the, the gifts, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the wise men, all these different things that are wrapped up and kind of, kind of sort of hidden and coded in that song. Um, but what we're going to do, what I settled on is after Christmas. The Twelve Days of Christmas, by the way, who knows what the Twelve Days of Christmas leads up to? Epiphany. Who knows what epiphany is? Epiphany is, is the, has to do with the wise men and, and when, when Jesus Christ is revealed to the wise men. And that's, that's, of course, a metaphor for then Jesus and the message of Christ being spread to the Gentiles and to the rest of the world. But the 12 days of Christmas starts on Christmas and goes the 12 days following. It doesn't lead up to Christmas. It starts on Christmas and then goes 12 days following. So here's what I'm going to do. For those of you who uh, are into social media, if you're not, I can't help you. But I am going to, for the 12 days following Christmas, each day I'm going to do a little devotional. It'll be on our, um, on our YouTube channel. It'll be on our Instagram and probably our Facebook page. I'll post them on there. So if you're just interested, and each day I'm going to talk about each one of those gifts that we go through during the song. I promise I won't sing it for you. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about what those are because the symbolism in that song is, is, pretty, 
is pretty cool. And so I want to be able to share that with you. And so just a heads up, we're going to do that. I'll give you more information as we get a little bit closer, but just watch for that. First one will be Christmas Day, and then we'll go uh, the 12 days following that. All right, so let's get into the message. Welcome out there online, everywhere that you are. Welcome here in house. Glad to see you guys, all your smiling faces. We're going to talk about gifts, the series, the good and perfect gifts. Now, wherever you are in your gift-giving experience, let's say, some people are, well, we don't, we don't really give gifts. We just, we just read a Bible verse and we just have family time. That's fantastic. Some people, like my family growing up, was so over the top with gifts. I remember years when we literally got tired of opening presents under the tree, and sometime later in the day, we're like, hey, there's a couple we missed, because people are just like, I am done. I have mental overload. So somewhere in between, we all lie on that, on that spectrum. But here's what I know, is that gifts, every gift, is from God. We know that. We've been talking about spiritual gifts. I'm just talking about gifts in general. And how I know that is because Scripture tells us that. That's what we're going to be focusing in on here as we get through this Christmas series. So the first scripture I want to share with you, just James, by the way, in the new year, our first series that we're going to launch back into when we start looking at a series, we're going to do the book of James. So a <clears throat> little, little teaser alert there. Um, James 1, 17 through 18 says, every good thing given And every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In the exercise of his will, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. Focus in there on that phrase, he gave us birth by the word of truth. Who is the word and who is the truth? Jesus. If we look at John, John's got two scriptures that, that spell that out for us. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 14, we got that one on screen. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, and then John 14, John also it, later on in, verse, in chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So when James is talking about every good and perfect thing, every good and perfect gift is from above, he's talking first and foremost about Jesus. That's what he's talking about first and foremost. And then through Jesus, all of the other gifts that we receive are all from above. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to dig into this. By the way, my little Christmas gift to you is that our Christmas series messages are going to be shorter. <laughs> it's a serious message, and I can't, I, I can't bring myself to just do a fluff message. I just can't do it. So if you're expecting that, you're not going to get it. But... Um, but it's going to be a little bit more lighthearted and just a little bit more fun. So hopefully you can bear with me. You may see something in a few minutes here in this message that I guarantee you will not see in another church today. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right, so we're going to go back. We're going to go back to the familiar 
Christmas story that, that most of us have heard a lot of times, and we'll hear it again. Some of us even make a tradition of reading it on Christmas morning. It's the moment, it's that time and that place on the birth of Jesus where the angel, the angel of the Lord pronounces his birth. And who does he pronounce it to first? Some lowly shepherds. But he, the angel specifically says that the birth of, of the Christ is good news of great joy for all the people. You've all heard that, right? Anybody who has never heard this is all brand new news to you. We've heard that in one way or another. I'm going to read this entire chunk. It's Luke 2. If you want to follow along, by the way, again, we have Bibles in the back corner. If you forgot yours or if you just need one, please grab one of those. Luke 2, 1 to 14. So just listen while I read or you can follow along. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all the people were on their way to register for the census, each to his own city. Now Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was betrothed to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the field, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army of angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. That is such an amazing story, but it gets even more amazing if you dig down in and put yourself in the place of the people who witnessed that happening. I like to do that myself, and I like to kind of take you guys along sometimes. Like, imagine you are one of the shepherds, and you're out there in the, in the field. You're tending your sheep. It's dark. It's night. You're sitting around. You're probably sitting around maybe a little campfire, maybe not, with with some of your friends who are also shepherds, and you're just talking about shepherd stuff, whatever shepherds talk about. I have no idea what shepherds talk about. But you're just doing that, and this happens. How would you feel about that? Let's look at it a little bit closer and see if we can't kind of put ourselves in that place. Let's focus in, and I just read it, but let's focus in on verses 9 through 11. Okay, verses 9 through 11, Luke 2, 9 through 11. We got it on screen, you can follow along. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. I'll bet. Can you imagine? They have no context for this sort of a thing happening, an angel of the Lord showing up 
in the middle. They may have thought, we are getting hit by, by lightning. We are being attacked. Who knows what they thought at first. But the result is they were terribly frightened. Verse 10, and so the angel said to them, the first thing the angel says, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now imagine you're there. There's murder going on out there, it sounds like. Let's, let's hope it's not that. Kids having fun is what it is. <clears throat> but imagine you are one of the shepherds. First of all, you get this bright light just shining, and an angel appears to you. And the first thing the angel says, don't be afraid. Okay, now, if an angel appeared to you in the middle of the dark, you're not expecting it, in the middle of nowhere you are, an angel appears to you, and the first thing the angel says is, don't be afraid. Are you going to go, oh, okay. <laughs> or are you going to go, I hear you, but I'm still a little, I don't know what's going to happen here. So when the angel says, I bring to you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people, think about how overloaded your senses would be and your, and your head and just what you would be thinking about receiving that message. You'd have to think about it. You'd, have, you'd be trying to process it. So here's what we're going to look at really closely here. In this verse, that little 9 through 11 that we just read, we find the first of the many gifts that Jesus Christ gives to us, gives to his people, for all the people. We find that, and that's what we're going to celebrate. So when the series is called The Good and Perfect Gifts, we are really going to just focus in on this section right here. For the next few weeks, we're going to focus in on this. And we find the first of, of three gifts that are kind of hidden in this text right here that Christ uh, has given to us, that God has gifted his children through his son, Jesus. So the first one is a reason to celebrate. How many of you know in itself a reason to celebrate is a gift? Absolutely. And where that is, is I bring you good news of great joy. That's reason to celebrate. Secondly, reconciliation to God. Okay, which is not so hidden there. It's the phrase, for all the people. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. That's the second gift. And the third one is salvation and eternal life in Christ Jesus, born for you a Savior. Okay, so in just those couple little lines there, we find three gifts hidden there that are for all of mankind and that should give us reason to rejoice every day. I don't know if you get up every day and open a gift. I don't know if you go through your day saying, when I get home from work or church or whatever, there's going to be a gift for me. And you have that kind of excitement. Anybody have that kind of life? I don't. But through Christ Jesus, we have the guarantee of these gifts every day. And that should be cause for excitement. Now, I want to zoom in even closer. So we're just kind of narrowing down in this verse. I want to zoom even closer in the first half of verse 10. So we're just going to look at verse 10, but not even the whole verse 10, the first half of verse 10. This is Luke 2, 10. Again, the first half. And so the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news 
of great joy. That's what I'm going to talk to you about here today. And then Pastor Scott and Pastor Gabe are going to pick up the next couple weeks and talk about these other gifts. So be ready for that. But let's look at the first of these three gifts, good news of great joy. So who here would consider, and I already said it here, but a reason to celebrate, just simply a reason to celebrate a gift. I would consider it a gift. Have you ever said to yourself, let me, let me bring it home a little bit. Have you ever, maybe, probably typically it happens at the end of the day, but have you ever said to yourself, I could just use a win today? Okay, now I see heads shaking. And I'm not talking about winning a game or winning the lottery. I'm just talking about, man, I've been so beat up today, this week, this month, this year. I could just use a win, right? If you've ever said that to yourself, if you've ever said that to yourself, that's what we're talking about here is the win, the gift that we have in victory through Christ Jesus. So I want to ask you this. What is the most fearsome battle that most of us will ever face? Probably a lot of us, it's different, right? Some people, it's April 15th, tax day. That might be your single biggest battle that you're looking forward to or dreading all year long. Maybe it's children, okay? If you have children, especially children of a certain age, they can be a little bit of a battle sometimes. They're a blessing, but they can also be a battle. What about, what about those of us who absolutely, and I'm not one of them, but those of us who absolutely hate mall crowds at Christmas time, and this time of year, rather than to focus on our Savior Jesus, you're focused on, oh my gosh, I have to go to the mall and find parking and go in and battle the crowds and hope to have what I want, and it's just the most terrible thing that you, that you face all month long. Those are all kind of earthly things. What about just the battle over life and death? We all face that, all of us. No one escapes that battle. Some of us have faced it already in terms of the death of a loved one or a family member. Maybe we're facing our own mortality because of the things that we're going through. But that can be a very real battle that at one time or another, we all think about. Some of us are facing it more with more immediacy than others. But that can be a battle that we're always facing. And here's what I want to let you know. In Jesus, you have already been given victory over the biggest battle that anyone, any one of us could ever possibly face. That's the battle over life and death. You have been given victory over that. You've got it. You don't have to hope for it. You don't have to draw up a game plan. You've been given that victory. Paul says it best right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is verse 55. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? He's almost taunting death. That's from Hosea, by the way. That's Old Testament scripture from Hosea 13.4, if you want to look that up on yourself. But Paul's quoting that. And then he goes on in verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, death, where's your victory? Where's your sting? It's not there. Praise be to God who gives us 
victory and it has already given us victory. Through Christ, we are guaranteed that win. That should give us cause to celebrate, not whether or not there's a present under a tree or how many or where we are in life, but the worst fight, the the worst thing that this world could throw at us is death. And we've already won that battle through Christ Jesus. That's a gift that you have been given. Do we act like it though? Today is Sunday. Broncos are playing very soon. Many other football teams are playing soon. And whatever your sport is, one of my favorite things to watch in sports is the celebration after they score, right? Some of them get a little carried away. But let's think about that. This is, a, this is just, just pure joy. If you've ever experienced it yourself, I have on a few slim occasions when you score a goal or something like that, you just have this outpouring, like, I am so happy. And you sometimes do really silly things. <clears throat> and sometimes I look at the celebrations in, like, say, football, as they're really big for this. They have these pre-planned, like, choreographed celebrations. And part of me is like, that's ridiculous. Just play the game. But then the other part of me goes, you know what? That is somebody who anticipated that moment. I'm going to have a reason to celebrate. I know it. And I'm going to be so happy. I want to do something cool to celebrate that moment. And that joy just overflows. And sometimes, yeah, it's goofy and it's silly. And, And sometimes it looks a lot like this right here. Check this out. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Open Gangnam Style. You will not see that in any other church in this city today. I promise you that. What if you could have that feeling of joy every single day? Every day. Goofy, absolutely goofy. Had he thought about it, he's probably just waiting for the moment to bust out that dance. Who here has their victory dance already choreographed and ready to go? Scott, I know you do. What if we could have that feeling every day? That overwhelming, like, I don't care how goofy I look. I don't care who sees me. I am so happy. I can't even not act this way. Life doesn't do that. We just don't have space for that. It doesn't seem likely. It doesn't seem realistic. It doesn't seem possible for us to have that kind of joy. But we should. Even the herald angel, though, when the herald angel addressed the shepherds, he knew that they would be skeptical at best over what was happening and probably fearful over what the angel was delivering to them. Rather than to just say, don't be afraid, okay, we're not afraid. Good news of great joy, okay, and they start dancing around. Do you think that probably happened? 
Probably not. What's the saying? If it's too good to be true, it probably is. We get beat up in life by that. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. And so, so many people who want to, maybe in their hearts, they want to give their lives to Christ. They want to follow him, to be a disciple, to live that renewed life that he promises. But they go, ah, it's just too good to be true. There's got to be a catch. There's got to be something. These shepherds were probably thinking, there's got to be a catch. So when he says, don't be afraid, that is, and by the way, when you look in Scripture, anytime an angel appears and addresses a human being, that's pretty much the first thing they say. Don't be afraid, because they know that's going to be our human instinct. We're going to be afraid. That's the first thing that we're going to go to. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. So you're doubtful, you're skeptical, and then like, what's going to happen to me? Okay? This is where our human nature goes, but it's not a Christ-like nature. This gift that the angel is promising them is unlike anything they had ever known and probably anything they had ever expected or even dared to think they could expect. Shepherds were not high on the social totem pole in their, in their culture. When the angel says good news, <clears throat> here's your Greek lesson for the day. Get your pens ready if you're, if you're looking for that. When the angel says, I bring you good news, Good news, now there's two types of good news. In this instance, it's euangelizo, which is a Greek word, and it means to announce. It's a verb. It means to announce the good news, as opposed to the good news, which is a, which is a noun, which is euangelion, which is the noun of good news, the coming of the Messiah. So this angel is saying, I'm announcing good news to you. That's the gift. The gift is not even at this point the good news itself. It's I'm giving you the news of a gift that's coming your way. That's what he's talking about. By the way, when we talk about the word gospel, the word gospel comes from an old old English word. It didn't happen until over a thousand years later than this. And the word is Godspell, which means God's story. That's where the word gospel comes from. So just a side note for you Bible nerds out there. Um, when you look at this, Paul and any of the disciples, anytime when you see them use the word gospel, they never used the word gospel. That wasn't a word in their time. It was probably euangelion that they said. So the good news in this verse is, is the announcement itself the announcement that brings great joy. I bring you good news of great joy. That's the gift. The great joy, by the way, when we break that apart in the Greek, is kara. Great joy means is kara in Greek. And the definition is this. Listen to this. It's joy and delight, of course. But properly in this context, it's the awareness of God's grace and favor. Or in other words, grace recognized. Think about what this meant to the shepherds who heard it. They are receiving from an angel of the Lord direct news. I'm bringing you good news. And the good news, the gift, is that you have found grace and favor of God. 
what a gift. These guys weren't used to even thinking about that. This was the best news that they could ever even dare to hope for. Again, Shepherd was very low on this cultural, social totem pole in, in their times. They probably weren't very educated. They were Jews, we know that, but had no reason to expect any of these things. They probably had a vague understanding, maybe sort of, of the Torah, kind of things that they would share and talk about, but they weren't showing up at temple, okay? They weren't, they weren't going to the synagogue to hear teaching on a regular basis. Shepherds just didn't do that. They didn't have their own rabbi that they would sit and listen to at his feet as he taught them about the things of God. They only had a vague recollection, And their recollection would have been this, from the Pharisees and from everybody that they had contact with, you need to be doing the right things the right way at the right time to even have a hope for God's grace and God's favor. That's would have been, that would have been what they carried around with them. Thinking like, you're a bunch of shepherds hanging out in the the fields in the middle of the night. Chances are not all of your conversations are necessarily godly. Okay, you can, if you've ever been on a hunting trip, sitting around the campfire, think about the things that get talked about there. There, they had no context to think that this angel would show up and just promise them, look, I have good news for you. You have found favor with God. Imagine how that would feel to you. Never even crossed your mind that that could be something that you could receive. Then in the middle of trying to, okay, one thing they're trying to wrap their minds around how that how that works and what's just happening to them and right right in the middle of that we have Luke 2 verses 13 and 14 and suddenly okay so they're just trying to go like what's happening right now and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army of angels praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased I can't even imagine when you're trying to think that, and then all, all it's like, it's one thing to just to digest what's happening with one angel speaking to you, and then suddenly a multitude of angels. Where would your heart go? Assuming it was still beating at this point, where would your heart go? Like overwhelming, overwhelming joy. I don't know if they bust into that dance or something else. That's where their heart had to be. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to express. I, I don't have any physical context to express the joy that I'm feeling right now. And this is what they have. So when you hear this, the familiar scripture, every, every Christmas season, I'm going to read it to you again. Verses, it is Luke 2, just 9 through 11. You're going to hear this 100 times in the next few weeks. I want you to think about this. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. When you hear those words in any context, a television show, a a greeting card, at the mall or wherever you are, when you hear those words, when you read those words, let's respond with 
that sense of overwhelming and great joy because that promise of a gift itself is the gift. Through Jesus Christ, we've been given the gift of the grace and favor of God. That is a gift that you can wake up tomorrow, you can walk out of this room no matter where you are, and you can carry that gift with you. So I want to see all your dances as we're doing worship on the back end. It should make you want to dance. We should be thankful just for that promise of a gift. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, through your son, Jesus. We have that promise of the greatest gift ever. We have the promise, the knowledge that we have been given victory in the greatest battle that any of us will ever face. We have already been given victory in that through Christ Jesus. So, Lord, let us walk through our days. Let us carry that through this season. Let us wake up every day, go to bed every night with the knowledge that the greatest gift we could possibly ever receive, we have already been promised. Let's live our life grateful, not for anything that we've done, but who you are and who we are to you. Father, we are so thankful. And we praise you this day and every day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're going to take communion now. We're going to celebrate communion. Um, I have Stan and Jackie back there. They're going to help us out by serving over on this side. And Gabe and I will be over here on this side. We'll have wine and bread. And if you're new here, you just dip the bread or the, or the gluten-free cracker in the wine, and we take it that way. Over here by the light pole here, we have the self-serve station. That's juice if you want to serve yourself. But let's do this with just overflowing thankful hearts. Because every time you take communion, it's through the body and through the blood of Christ that this gift is for all of us. And that's reason to celebrate. Amen? Thank you, guys.